Amen. Thank you so much, Calvin and everybody. Well, good morning again. It's, uh, it's, lovely, to, it's lovely to see you. It's uh, really nice to be with you and to be able to share from God's Word this morning. I was here last Sunday, but it was bank holiday and uh, some of you were away. It, feels, it really does feel like the start of term today, doesn't it? And uh, so it's great to be here and I want to say welcome back to you and also I'm glad to be back. I've been having a little bit of extra time off over the summer, and I want to say thank you for that. The leaders here very kindly gave me a little bit of additional leave on top of a family holiday, really to take some time out to seek God around the things that Calvin's been praying and leading us through in that worship, really. What is God calling us to as a church? What's he saying to us? And it was such a blessing to be able to step back a bit and to look ahead a bit and to have some time to seek him and to pray. So I feel hugely, hugely grateful for that. And no doubt I'll say more in due course about some of the things that I felt that God has been saying to me. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged about all that God wants to do in us and through us in this season. But for now, we are in this passage and we're starting this new series today. So we'll look at that together in a moment. Before I start, I want to ask you, how good would you say you were at maths? I reckon when you were at school, I think there were basically two kinds of people, is my summary. There was either the uh, hooray, it's maths today people. There's some of you here, and I'm giving you the eye. And uh, there were also the, oh no, I want to hide, it's maths today people. Okay, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. How many thumbs down people are there? Yeah, yeah, I found my people, see? See? Um, my eldest son, Zach, um, is starting A-level maths as part of his A-level uh, course at school, at Sixth Form College, uh, this coming week. And uh, Kevin and I look at him and think, whose child even are you? Um, <laughs> Kevin has got a degree in German and Italian. I did a degree in English literature followed by theology some years later. You know, we are words people. We know about words. We don't know about numbers. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, the way that our children turn out. And actually, lots of you, it seems, are thumbs up to maths people. Terrible joke alert. Just, I'll tell you now, it's terrible. Who was the greatest mathematician in the Bible? Moses, because he wrote numbers. I'm, yeah, I mean, that is the kind of joke that you would tell, Roger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're starting this new series called Holy Maths, and from the reading, you may have picked up why we have called it that. Last term, if you were with us, we spent the whole of the term looking at the book of 2 Corinthians. We read through the whole of 2 Corinthians, all 13 chapters of it, and it's really good to do that sometimes. We took a big view, and it's really good to look at the, the big view of Scripture in that way. And this term, we are doing the opposite. We are zooming in on just one section. But that can also be really valuable as we look at something in detail. There are riches to find, and that's what our hope is this term. We're going to spend several weeks looking at this passage in 2 Peter 1. Keep your Bibles open if you want to. I think it was page 1222, I think I heard Mark say. And it's where Peter introduces us to some simple maths for faith. But do not fear, it is, it is thumbs up maths. It is maths even I can understand. It is not a difficult equation. This is about simple addition. There are aspects of our character and our faith that are to be added to to help us live as disciples. Peter says in 2 Peter 1 verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort, see it there, to add to your faith. And then he lists a whole lot of characteristics and qualities that we are to add to our faith. 
So in the coming weeks, we're going to look at these together. Goodness, add knowledge, then add self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Interesting themes for us to explore together over the coming weeks. And today what we're doing is setting the scene, really, for those additions. And remembering our starting point, our passage starts with an introduction, a greeting from the author, as many New Testament letters do. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Before we get to the, the numbers and the adding and the uh, building on, here we start. Peter was a disciple uh, and an apostle of Jesus. He was a first-hand eyewitness of Jesus' life and death. And he wrote this letter from Rome, prompted by reports of false teaching in and among the churches. And his letter's a warning, really, to the Christians about this false teaching. He wants to encourage the believers to stand firm. He says to them, don't be swayed by false teaching. Hold on to the truth. I've, I've seen the truth firsthand, he says. Hold on to what I know of firsthand of Jesus. And he emphasises the importance of holding on to the true knowledge of God. In fact, in this whole letter, you'll see if you look at it, it's only three short chapters. The word knowledge appears in that short book uh, in one form or another 15 times. After that initial greeting, he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Before we start the maths lesson in holy addition in the weeks to come, before we look at those qualities to add to our faith, we start where Peter starts, holding on, first of all, to what is important through the knowledge of God, through what we know of him. And what we know, before we start adding to our faith, is that we have everything that we need. And that's the key thought today, really, that in God, he has given us everything that we need. These first few verses in 2 Peter remind us that God has given us what we need through the connection that we have with him. We are connected. We have this solid foundation already, the grace and peace that's ours that we now live under. And I want to mention some things about that connection and about that foundation by way of reminder that we see in the first few verses in the passage. The first is that we have everything we need through faith. Look at verse 1. To those who through the righteousness of God and, Sa and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. When we came back from our family holiday earlier this summer, um, we'd had a, an amazing time away. We were away for a fortnight. And you know what it's like on the last day of the holiday? You just want to get home, don't you, on the last day of your holiday? So um, that was us. We arrived home quite late after our travelling. We had a a three-ish hour delay for one reason or another from our flight. We had to get a train home from Gatwick and we sort of fell into our house tired and really glad to be home. We were very delighted to be reunited with our 10-month-old kitten who we hadn't seen for two weeks. And we were then less delighted when said kitten, we discovered, had chewed through our internet cable. <laughs> Here he is. Don't you are at him. He does not look in the slightest bit sorry, does he? You don't realise how much of your life takes place online until you have no internet access. I'm just saying that, it, that it's particularly disastrous as the mum of two teenagers. We ordered a new cable, 
but it wouldn't be delivered for three days. What good is that to anybody? It sounded like an eternity. Think about it, emails, certain TV streaming channels, kids' computer games, suddenly we had no connection and it did not feel good. Peter says that we have received a precious faith and it is faith that is the connecting cable for us as Christians, connecting us to God. In your house, you can have your power sockets on, you can have your, your computer set up and turned on, you can pay for your TV streaming subscriptions, but if the cable into your modem is switched off or disconnected or indeed chewed, then none of that works. You might be set up for it, you might have everything in place, but if you don't have the power, it doesn't work. If the cable's not connected, nothing works. And what Peter says is that it's through faith. It's faith that is the connecting cable. That's the most important thing. That's the most fundamental thing. Before we start looking at additions, goodness, affection, knowledge, and so on, all good things, let's remember that we have everything we need. And the key is the free gift of precious faith made possible through Jesus. Is, is, your, cable, is your cable plugged in? Do we need to reset just remind ourselves of this precious faith. Do we need to, to receive it for the first time? Or just remind ourselves of it again? It is this that connects us to Jesus. Nothing else happens without that. And more than that, that gives us everything we need. We have everything we need through faith. We also have everything we need through God's power. Look at verse 3. Peter says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. There we are, the knowledge of God again. We have everything we need by his power. When we talk about spiritual growth, it's, it's quite easy to slip without meaning to in a, into a kind of faith by works mentality. We talk about all the good things we should do and build on and the, the kind of people that we should become. And without meaning to, we can slip into sort of believing or acting as if we can please God anymore by our good behaviour, that by doing certain things, that's what will make him pleased with us. And we just need to remember again, you know, no, 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 no. We are saved by grace through faith, the connecting cable of faith. And then he gives us his power, the promised Holy Spirit to be at work in us. May we be people who depend on the Holy Spirit more. He has given us everything we need. That means that every day we can say, God, I've got my faith in you. I've got what I need. I can lean into your power. I can be filled again with your Holy Spirit today and you will give me what I need. May we depend on him for that. We have everything we need through faith. We have everything we need by God's power. And Peter says that we have everything we need because of God's promises. Verse 4 through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Through these, the things that we have, faith, his power, he has given us his very great and precious promises. God is the great promise keeper. I felt a kind of resonance about that when I was praying. You know, we know God keeps his promises. But honestly, friends, today, you, do you need to hear again that God is the great promise keeper? We, we plug in the cable of faith and then we trust his power and his promises to help us. When our lives are challenging, 
maybe when our faith is wobbly, maybe when we're facing all sorts of new things for us this term as a church, we can lean into the promises of God. And God has made some general promises for every single one of us. There are, there are so many. There are hundreds of promises in the, in the Bible. These are just an example of the nature of God as the great promise keeper. God has promised us to always be with us. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He has promised that he is always good and loving. He has promised that he will provide for us. He has promised that he answers prayer. A reminder of our promise-keeping God. But it might also be that God has spoken to you in the past. Has there been a particular promise or a word of scripture or a reassurance that he has given you to hold on to, particularly for you? Today we can take time to lean into the promises of God again. There's a great verse that, Mark, you read this with gusto, verse 12 uh, in, in the reading. And, um, and Peter says, basically, he's sharing, sharing all this stuff as a reminder. So I'll always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you have. And I love that. That's a, it's, a kind of, it's like a parent saying, I've told, if I've told you this once, I've told you a thousand times. You know, I'm, I'm telling you this, even though you know it. And I guess that's what we're doing here today. We are reminding ourselves together. You, you may well know this. You may well know this, but we need to be reminded of these things because they're so key and they're so foundational. And if we don't have them, what are we adding things onto? This is the first vaguely normal start to the awesome that we have had in three years because of COVID disruption. You might remember last autumn, it's kind of started, it started quite promisingly. Uh, as the autumn started, and then the Omicron variant, and Christmas was disrupted, and all of that stuff. So this is the first normal autumn term for three years. I wonder what that holds for you in your frontline places, as you, as you live out your faith at work, or at school, at university, with your neighbours, with your family. What does it hold? What does it hold for us as a church? I've been praying that. God, what, what, what does this term hold? What does this season hold for us as a church? Every year, I take an annual three-day retreat as part of my rhythm. I take some time out just to be with God and have some, some headspace and time to, th to think. And uh, this year, that retreat fell in the time that I had some extra leave, which was really, really good timing. This is year number 12 that I've been going to exactly the same place. It's, it's just along the coast a bit. Uh, it's beautiful. I guess it's ordinary in one sense, but because I've been going to the same place for so long, it's become a thin place to me. You know that phrase, the Celts used it, where heaven and earth, the gap feels closer somehow, that God feels nearer, and it's become a thin place for me where God seems close to me. So I went there for year number 12, and I just spent some time praying for us and for our church while I was away. This was the view on one of the evenings. It was absolutely stunning. Um, I sat right on the sand with bare feet. I forgot, I didn't have a flask of tea. So, you know, it was only 99% marvellous. If I had a flask of tea, it would have been perfect. But I sat with this view as the sun was going down. And I was praying, God, what, what do you want from, from me as a leader of this church family? What sort of church are you calling us to be in this season? And I will share more about what I felt God was saying in time. But 
just for now, it was, it was just really good to pray and to dream for this church family. And I found myself praying that we would continue to, to build on the solid foundations that we have. That people would get plugged in through faith in Jesus. That we would lean into the, the power and the promises of God. And that that would be our culture. That our cult, the culture of our church would be one of, of health and, and life and love and growth. I felt like God said, by way of an encouragement to me, I felt like he said, there is lots of good soil already. And where there is good soil, stuff grows. I was reflecting how tempting it is to get into goal setting and big vision for the future, you know, to come up with a a strategic plan and, and bullet points and measurable outcomes and all of that. And there's nothing wrong with that in one sense, and we may well do some of that. But I just sensed a reminder in prayer that if you get your soil right, things will grow in it. Whatever we add, things will grow. There's that famous Peter Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast, which basically means the culture of your organisation will be the thing that determines success regardless of how clever your strategy might be. True in any any organisation. If the culture here continues to be one of healthy soil, where we are plugged in through faith, our precious faith in Jesus, where the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work, where we are a people who claim and live and stand on the promises of God, then there will continue to be life and growth. God's been speaking to me about connection and belonging, about finding more ways to help people connect and belong and to grow, to be disciples that go make disciples. And again, I'll share more about that in due course how we can help people to integrate and belong and grow more effectively. But for now, let's be reminded of the things that you might already know. These few verses in 1 Peter, right at the start, remind us of our foundations, of the culture of our our faith that we have, the culture we, we have here that God can then build and add to. If we have everything we need, everything else is just added to that. And of course, if we have everything we need, the implications of that are actually quite something. Not only will that be that the culture and the soil that we're planting into here as a community, it also gives a huge sense of of security and trust for us all as individuals. Imagine what Monday is like as we go into our front lines, knowing that we have everything we need. If you if you go into your tomorrow, whatever it is going to throw at you, knowing that you have everything you need through faith, by his power and with his promises. We have courage then to take bold steps. We can be risky in our trust because he is trustworthy. He is worth giving everything to. So holy maths is to come. Today, let's be reminded of our foundations. Pray with me that this would continue to be the culture of our church and that God would grow us and lead us forward with hope into the next season. And let's pray that we as individuals would respond to be plugged in and experience the blessing of his power and his promises. I'm also about to come back and give us some time and space to pray. Before our busy Mondays come swirling around tomorrow morning, we'll pause and reflect on God's word together. Let's pray, shall we? Just going to give you a moment to respond. What is God saying to to you today? 
let's just open our hearts to him and to receive his word for us today.